Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob here. And now this is a bit of a different flavor from the last few weeks. Uh, and I had my first therapy session since the virus properly uh, dug its claws in. Now I'd had a couple of sessions moved so I actually hadn't had a therapy session for a few weeks. Now, before the virus kicked off and world was uh, normal, uh, my uh, therapy live stream videos and podcast episodes were my highest downloaded podcasts and videos. They were outranking and out downloading all the huge celebrities that I was in, uh, interviewing. And it, it took me quite by surprise, actually, it took me aback. Uh, and the most messages I was ever getting were, th were from the uh, videos. And I, I suppose, to be honest, the outpouring I was doing after my therapy sessions. I've been getting keynote speeches from it. Um, people have been telling me how, you know, me being open about uh, the therapy that I've been having has really been helping them. Uh, and for me, it's become a part of my normal life now. Go down the shop, get some groceries or some toilet rolls at the moment. Uh, go and have a, a therapy session, go down the gym, go and have a therapy session. You know, I, I, I didn't get therapy because I felt I was broken or screwed up. I did it because I'd, I'd had mentors and ma been in masterminds and coaches and I'd learned various um, strategies and courses and tr always ha used other people more experienced than me to teach me and navigate me through the business world but I realized that I hadn't really done anything in my personal life in that area. And certainly when the two collide, it was causing me some challenge. And so I went to see my therapist and we had, our session went everywhere. So I'm just gonna give you a little bit of a heads up that there are some seemingly unrelated um, things that I'm gonna to talk to you about, but, but I think that you'll get real benefit from. So she asked me straight away, how are your stress levels zero to 10? Obviously um, zero being I'm meditating and effortlessly manifesting my millions <laughs> and 10 being I'm all over the place and blown away and you know, on the edge of destruction. And I said, three. And she was like, all oh, right. Uh, and she was quite surprised by that. And I said to her that I felt like I was in a positive stress. Every now and again, I get a little bit of a wobble, who doesn't? because let's be honest, it's been a, a challenging, scary time. Um, but what I've tried my best to do is convert any energy that's panic or fear or uncertainty into productivity, production, creation, innovation, ideation, persistence, motivation, inspiration, hunger, drive, persistence, solving problems, figuring things out, making plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E, plan F. Uh, and so um, she said that she thought I was, I was good. Um, and she said, you know, what, what, what good has come of this? 
Uh, and I said to her, well, um, I've liquidated quite a few assets because I think it's important to be heavy in cash. So I had a huge watch collection. Um, I've sold probably six of those so far. Um, I've got another two um, on sale at the moment, which are probably 50 grand each, something like that. Um, and I love my watch collection and I have a collection of cars and um, I have this little there, um, this music system, which is not a little music system. And, you know, I've always got quite a lot of pleasure from material items. I like to think that I, I'm not um, hugely attached to them, that, they, you know, they don't make me happy and I need them to be happy, but I've gained lots of pleasure from them. You know, I, I love a beautiful watch. I love a, listening to vinyl on an amazing system. Um, but to be honest, there definitely are some underlying addictions there. It's funny because she asked me, she said, uh, were you given many gifts when you were young? And I said, um, not really, no. My dad always made me work for money, which I really valued because he's made me entrepreneurial. Um, she said, not at any time. And I said, well, birthday and Christmas, we used to get a lot of gifts. Um, and she said, well, how did that make you feel? And I said, well, really, it was just great because we got to see mum and dad because they were always working in the pub. And she was like, ah. So she started reading me there and thinking, ah, well, um, maybe you attach happiness to material items because when you were young, you got gifts, birthday and Christmas, and you got your parents with them. And then you didn't really see so much of your parents when you were young. And then you always had to work for these. And, and I don't really know. Maybe um, I'll have to think about that a bit more. Um, but one of the great things about the, the situation we're in right now, where the world is over, is watches don't matter and cars don't matter. Um, and, you know, for the sake of making sure that everyone knows that Mark and I are doing everything that we can, uh, the Lamborghini's staying in the garage until this virus is over. Um, and, um, you know, if, cash is king right now liquidity is king um, and so I'll happily sell everything if it means keep health and wealth and happiness wealth as in well-being and you know help as many people as possible and I felt like if I'm honest I, ha I may have a small attachment love buying nice clothes for example make me feel good why can't I feel good in any clothes not just good clothes um, now, I suppose listening to music is different because it makes you feel something. But a car, you know, you can get a nice car for 20 grand. It doesn't have to be 300 grand. And I, I felt like I let go of attachment to any material items now. And you know what? All I care about is having cash and keeping everyone in my company going and keeping everyone in my family going and keeping all my clients going and keeping all my, everyone in my industry going and having lots of cash to make sure that we navigate what could be months. It could be even longer. Uh, and so that was definitely something interesting that we explored and certainly the possible connection to um, my mum and dad through these material items. Now, some people buy them for the rush, don't they? The, it makes them feel temporarily better. The retail therapy, the pain alleviates, but then it comes back with the credit card bill. And I can certainly feel that um, when I go and... Um, and buy really nice material items, even if I can afford them easily, that, that come down still comes um, because I had that when I was skinned and putting money, um, putting stuff on credit cards and, and building debt. The next big benefit from having uh, these troubled times are being so much more connected to people. Like my good clients, um, the clients who are become friends of mine and family, 
Uh, and my dad phoned me today and my dad does not phone me and he phoned me. Anyway, it's a three minute conversation because that's my dad, but it doesn't matter. He phoned me today. Um, and my business partner, Mark, and my MD, Catherine, and our um, um, experienced managers, Emma and Tom and Damien, and uh, some of our new guys who are really great, like Megan. Uh, we've got an, uh, we're really bonding, connected Callum and Abby, who recently got uh, promoted. The, uh, the feeling of connection is, is, uh, has been really quite uh, moving, actually. And right now, I think you know that you know who's got your back and you know who supports you. You know now. And uh, you know who hasn't. Uh, the critics and the trolls and the haters are out in force. It's funny, I did a video about that yesterday and it was my, um, le more, in less than 24 hours, it was pretty much 10,000 views and 65, 70 shares and 400 odd comments. Um, take anything about the virus out and it gets back to normal. <laughs> um, but are you seeing the upsides in these difficult times? And are you thinking about maybe how you, I really feel like I've risen to this occasion. Now, I'm not counting any chickens and you know what, things could get much harder. I've certainly not got all the answers. But I'm so much more productive, so much more, I'm working faster than ever. I'm more connected to people, even though, even though I'm working harder, I'm taking time to talk to people on the stairs, even though I've got less time. Taking, I've been WhatsApping so many people who I'm connected with, just checking that they're all right. Um, and I feel this connection closer to humanity in these troubling times, which is really quite a gift. I am a bit of a, a, um, a softie for connection. And yeah, wouldn't you agree that eight weeks ago, 12 weeks ago, there were so many things that were so insignificant, but we made them stressful and we made them important when they were not. You know, they say, don't sweat the small stuff. Well, let's be honest, many of us were sweating the small stuff. There's no time to sweat the small stuff now. Well, maybe some people have got time if they're in self-isolation. But really, now you can sweat the big stuff, the important stuff, the productive stuff. You know, the high income generating tasks and key result areas and key life areas. These are the things you can now sweat. And I think that that's a really great thing. Okay, so next then, we went into conflict. And um, there's also more conflict right now. People are looting supermarkets. There's a load of critics and trolls and haters and punks um, online. Uh, and so there's more conflict. And I believe with conflict, if you have too much conflict, then of course you create chaos. Uh, and if you have not enough conflict, then you delay, but end up with chaos. So we had to let 13 people go from our team um, two days ago, which we've never had to do. Never. Um, we've never had to let anyone go for, um, you know, reasons outside of ourselves. Um, but of course, this um, virus poses a real threat. We run events. For years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector, I'm a watch investor, and those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United, and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk. 
and he sources the higher-end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him, I've used him for many years, and recently we've done a partnership. Hence, I'm inviting you, if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation, to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. And the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496 878153. Obviously, only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher-end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. who run 850 event days a year. So we had to make a strong and decisive decision, which we didn't want to do. And we tried everything not to do, and we left it as long as we physically felt we could. Um, And so, you know, that was not easy. And I don't think everyone could do that. And I think some people would avoid that conflict um, because they were upset people and they were angry people, of course. Um, But... But we were able to do that because we thought, do you want the conflict now or do you want the conflict later? And um, in my life, certainly up until 26 years old, I'm 41 now, I was used to cower away from conflict. I'd avoid it. I'd suppress it. I'd hide. I'd feel weak and vulnerable and useless. Um, And it would stew inside of me badly. And then once a year, maybe twice a year, I'd have this massive meltdown. And I'd end up, whoever was in front of me would end up just getting this huge meltdown and there would be this huge conflict. Um, And both extremes were bad. Now, I'm generally more soft than hard. Um, And I always looked up to my dad with his ability to have conflict. So my dad would always say to me, never serve anyone drunk in the pub. They'll just, you know, all the other customers, don't care if they drink 28 pints, they'll put all the other customers off. So never serve anyone drunk. And I'd be like, yeah, dad, yeah, dad, I get you. And then dad would go upstairs and I'd work the bar and then a drunk person would come in and I'd serve them because I'm too weak to not serve a drunk person. I'd give them the benefit of the doubt. And then dad would come down, look at them in a split second, I'd see his face and be like, oh no. He's like, that guy's drunk. And he'd just take his pint off him and he'd go, get out get out and the guy would square up to him dad would get in his face he said get the fuck out of my pub now and um and on and um, my dad would just square up and, and such strong individual and i always admired that whoa dad whoa um, but i admired it because i couldn't do it But I also now realise, well, I had my weakness and vulnerability in hiding away. That was also my dad's trigger. So my dad would get triggered and he would get angry. I would get triggered and I would get uh, become weak and um, suppress myself. But they're both triggers. And in reality, conflict is best served without emotion in that if you're delaying it, you probably need to face it now so that you don't get it worse later. And if you're the sort of person that's always in conflict, you need to back off and you need need to let other people win. And you need to be the bigger person and keep your mouth closed and um, let things pass and not have a fight all the time. Now, Catherine has said here, is it really a weakness? Well, it was for me, Catherine, because I'd avoid important situations that needed to be dealt with. 
because conflict doesn't have to be aggressive like i said about my dad it could be um giving someone some feedback or it could be you know giving some someone an instruction or could be you know giving mildly reprimanding someone or correcting someone i didn't like any of that you know or letting someone go or you know dumping someone or um, performance managing someone and these are all things that I would deem as conflict now other people don't deem those as conflict so I suppose that the, a good question here from Catherine is or, or spurred on by Catherine is well what defines conflict um, but for me business taught me to face conflict more head-on and I guess someone like my dad he would have to learn to have conflict less head-on so I think it's being able to put the, the relevant conflict hat on horses for courses um, and know when to back away, fine, I'll let you win, no worries. I'll let you win, I remember, but I'll let you win. Um, and smile and keep your mouth closed and be grateful and elegant when actually you wanna go, go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, and you know, backing out of an argument and letting things go and not chasing good money after bad and writing off bad debt and you know, putting up with a certain amount of unfair criticism online, etc. and you know, the, the, avoiding this kind of conflict can be very smart. Mark and I basically learned that um, the more conflict we avoided in business, the more money it saved us and the more conflict we had, the, the more it saved us. But you have to have a line where you, you won't allow anyone to bully you and you won't allow anyone to push you over. Uh, and you need to make those firm decisions. And I felt like that decision to let 13 people go was one of those whereby there was a lot of potential conflict. And it would have been the easiest thing to delay it a week and a month and a week and a month. And you, know, you don't know what's gonna happen and you don't know how much money you're gonna burn and you don't know where, what you, where your sales are gonna come from. And Mark and I have got a, a big project, like pretty much 20 million pounds that we're developing right now. Well, if the property market goes off a cliff and the banks stop lending, we're gonna have to mothball that. Um, we could bankroll it for a while, but we're not bankrolling it forever. And you know, that's a, a, a real present situation. So conflict is not avoiding those difficult conversations and those difficult things that you know need to be done, but you're putting off. Hi, it's Rob here, interrupting you with something you may not know about me. I was one of the few people on the planet hand-selected by Facebook to pilot their new supporter program. It's a very small premium model where you can get exclusive content and advance notice or discount of new products and services. So this is what I've done for you. Not only can you get best discounts for any training that we might run, not only do you get notified first of any launches we do, we also do supporter meetups, supporter dinners, supporter WhatsApp groups where you have a, a deeper community. I do supporter only ask me anything. I do supporter only content and podcasts. We have a community of 2,500 supporters and I'd love to give you the chance to be one of those. I believe this is the best supporter program in the whole world. Find me a better one, but I don't think you will. So the link is bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. That's bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. I believe the gap between free content and paid content is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's a lot of free content out there that's maybe not that good. And for just a few dollars a month, you can get the best content on business, on entrepreneurship, on starting up, on scaling up, on sales, on marketing, on the mindset of being an entrepreneur. So go to bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R right now. So anyway, my, my therapist and I ended up going into that conversation. Um, it was really weird because 
and something must have happened with all of this. Um, but I was having a dream and my dad, he, my dad's in his mid to late 70s. My sister's actually on the live here. Um, so Nicola, you'll find this one a bit interesting. Um, I don't know if you've had thoughts like this, but um, my dad was playing pool and I was watching and he was with a couple of his friends, but they were all like 85, 90. But his friends, um, they were beating him and they seemed to be not aging quite as badly as him. And my dad sort of turned into the... Um, against the wall and he was really sad and upset and he was sulking a bit um, and he was like well you, you know like uh, you just keep beating me I used to be able to compete with you but you just keep beating me I, I can't I can't compete with you anymore I can't see properly I can't hear properly um, I'm losing it I'm old and I got really upset and so I started getting angry with these other men that's funny I get angry in my dreams by the way all the time I have conflict in my dreams um, and then, uh, and then I just burst out crying and I wailed, I wailed, I burst out crying. And then I woke up, I was like, shit. And it felt so real and so raw. And the first thing I thought was I've got to go and see my dad. Um, and yeah, maybe it's this virus and you know, and his age and everything else. But you know, my dad's had quite a hard life. And um, so it was really nice that he called me up today. Streaming on the phone with my dad is like, two and a half hours with a friend. Um, so that was great and I'm gonna go over and see him. Yeah, now, um, when we were talking about conflict, when I was talking about the conflict with my um, therapist, I said to her, well, you know, the, the young me would have avoided this situation and hidden and beaten beat himself up and felt bullied and alone. Um, but, but the older me just thought, you know what, it's not nice, but I roll up my sleeves, I deal with it because that's what leaders do. And that makes me a man and uh, I will, um, I'll get it done and it'll be painful, but it'll be less painful later. And my therapist loved that. She said, Rob, this is a beautiful moment, a beautiful moment. I'm like, what do you mean? And she said, well, you said the young you, you, you acknowledge the younger you. She's always trying to bring out the fucking younger you in me. Um, but she was, she was, she thought that was quite self-aware of me, but I've always been able to do that because for me, I've, I've had two lives really. I've had before 26 where I was insular and I saw the world, how I saw it, not um, knowing that it was malleable and it was perception and that people saw it differently. I was very black and white. Things were right, things were wrong. Things were good, things were bad. I was unlucky, life was hard. Life was unfair. Um, I can't do this. Uh, and, I, and I was quite a glass half empty kind of person. Um, and then when I've been on this journey since the age of 26 on personal development and mindset and a journey of self-discovery and business and mentors and masterminds and goodness knows how many courses and, you know, running a really successful business is a pretty big business in the grand scheme of things from a kid who started it up and all the properties that we own and all the journey that we've gone on and the continued um, growth. And of course, now the therapist, for me, it's quite easy. There's the old me and the new me. There's the young me and the older me. Um, you know, there's the weak me and the stronger me. There's the, um, you know, the, the one that hides away and the one that tries to step up. Um, the one that um, represses everything and the ones that tries to express everything. So I really have almost got a, a duality of personality. I feel like I have because I've gone on this journey of trying to better myself and become someone more self-actualized, someone I'm more proud of. I like when I look in the mirror. And of course, that has downsides. And, you know, that journey, sometimes if you just go, oh, well, this is me and this is who I am and you, got, you don't feel like you've got anything to work on, that, that can be blissfully naive and you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, she thought that that was good that I was able to old me, new me. Um, I think with conflict as well, when do you want the pain? Because if you want the pain 
later, then avoid it. If you want the pain now, but you don't want it later and it's better later, then deal with it head on, of course, in a respectful, elegant way. Um, and when you put things off, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Okay, um, now, right now, I am working from 5.30 a.m. till about 9, 9.30 p.m., give or take all the way through. Doubling, tripling down on my content, um, creating new products and services, looking at how I can serve my clients and community, de dealing with five times as many more WhatsApp messages, five times as many more emails, um, really helping my team and being one in, in the team because, like I said, we lost a few people um, this week and I don't want that to happen again. And I'm okay with that. I'm actually really uh, enjoying it in many ways. Of course, not enjoying letting people go, but I'm enjoying the, the challenge, the buzz, you know, the, the little bit of the, it's like a new obsession. My, um, my uh, therapist, she said, be careful, Rob, because this is your new obsession, isn't it? You know, this working from 5.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. You actually secretly quite like this, don't you? Your new obsession. And she's, she got me totally right then. Um, and so I, I, I know that I have to be careful to still see my family, my children. Um, well, now that um, tomorrow schools are shut, so I'll be seeing plenty of them. Um, but, you know, yes, hustle through these times for sure. Yes, do what you can. Fight to stay alive. Get out there and sell your products and services. You've got to do it. But just make sure that you, you do see your, your family and the, the ones that are important to you over the next few months. And you take a little bit of time for yourself. I haven't been to the gym for a week. I was in really good form with that. I could just see that, see that starting to slide because I've stopped, got this new obsession. Um, and our, us entrepreneurs, we can have these obsessions, can't we? And we certainly have to be, um, be careful with that. The next thing we discussed was, you know, do you inform your kids what's going on right now? If they're maybe, what, under the age of 12 or 10, and they don't really get what's going on. Do you inform them that it's hard? Do you inform them that, you know, we have to, you have to make cuts? Do you inform them that, you know, some p people are scared and worried and, you know, the world has never seen anything like this? Or do you protect them? And I felt like my mum and dad did their best to protect my sister and I, Nicola. Um, and they never really told us when they were really struggling and they protected, they kept it from us. And I, retrospectively, when I learned that, really admired that about them because it, it showed their love. But at the same time, I would have had no problem them telling me and being involved in that and trying to help. I probably would have wanted to help and would have worked extra for them and would, you know, human beings like to help and I would have loved to help or loved to, to have known. No resentment and I, th I thought it, it showed a great amount of love. But I feel like, I don't know what you feel actually, maybe you could put um, something in the comments and let me know what you think if you're watching the live video. Um, do you think, how, how much should we tell our children who are young about this and the severity of it and the seriousness and what it means um, and what it could mean? Um, do we tell them everything and just be open about everything or do we protect them to a certain degree? Maybe it depends on their age um, and, and, and their kind of disposition and their personality. Um, but that's something that I'm exploring right now. I'm very much, if in doubt, then let it out. If in doubt, just be honest. When everyone's got a People come to me quite a lot with quandaries. Oh, Rob, I'm not sure what to do here. I'm not sure what to say here. And my default is, well, tell the truth. Just tell the truth. Just express the truth. Um, try and do it in, in a non-aggressive, in a non-threatening way, but just express the truth. And I think that that's the, a really good place to start. Um, yeah. So, of course, we're in unprecedented times. That is undeniable. But I just want to say that it's not war. And if you think about it in the early 1900s, for really the best part of 20 years, 
give or take with all the destruction in between and afterwards. It was war. I mean, imagine now being at war. Your cars, your houses, there'd be nothing. It's just survival. And, um, you know, we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not there. Um, and there's always someone who's got it worse. There's always a situation that could be worse. And I think it's always wise to remember that we've got a lot to be grateful for. And I think gratitude is the antidote to all pain and suffering. Um, and I would certainly say um, that it's good to give yourself context and balance um, and comparison and contrast um, because um, otherwise it is really easy, isn't it, to um, get lost in all of this pain. The final thing we talked about was um, my dad and how he motivated me to work. He got me working from the age of six, absolutely loved that, loved working for my dad, loved earning the money. I'd earn a pound a week, I'd go down the local shop and buy a picture of a Ferrari, then the next week I'd work and then a picture of a Lamborghini and the next week I'd work a picture of a Corvette and I'd put them all up on my wall. Um, and I loved it. Um, I worked from a very young age, like six. <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and dad always motivated me to work. He did with my sister as well. She worked from a very young age. And um, if he ever wanted us to do something, he'd be like, right, get to work. Or if you, um, you know, if you get, all A's at your GCSEs, they'll give you 200 quid, which when you're, what, 15 years old? So 26 years ago, that's a lot of money. So I got the job done because I wanted the 200 quid and it motivated me a lot. But I think my mum and dad also taught um, us to give where we could. You know, human beings have to look after themselves. I certainly don't begrudge anyone doing that. If anyone's trying to sell, a, sell the market their way and hustle their way out of these challenging times, I say hat tip to you, good on you. We should be supporting small businesses much more. We should be supporting entrepreneurs and people who are trying to sell much more. Um, and I'm gobsmacked how many people are criticizing people for doing that. Geez, come on, wake up. But my mum and dad also thought it was important to, to, to instill, you know, giving. And uh, certainly in my life, I've had my best and happiest experiences giving. So I remember I saved 200 quid over like working for two years. Um, and I bought my mum and dad a 180 pound VHS recorder. Um, so I had 20 quid left. And normally when you're 14 back then, you spend five quid on your parents' present. I bought them a 180 quid VHS recorder and it felt amazing, amazing. Um, my sister who's on the live, she did an awesome job of raising money for her um, kidney operation, which she really needs, but uh, I was able to help and share that and raise some of the money um, through the community. And that felt amazing, amazing. Um, yeah, so I said it'd be a, a kind of a bit here and a bit there and a bit here and a bit there, but this was the first therapy session since my, the virus kicked off. Um, actually, it wasn't the deepest one I've done, which is probably quite good. Uh, she's probably breaking me in gently for the next one where she'll go way back to my childhood. I'm certainly uh, getting a lot out of uh, having the therapy sessions. Um, for me, it's personal development, really. It's just learning more about myself. And each time I come out, I'm like, oh, OK. I feel like I know myself more now. And I think if you know yourself more, then life's always going to be a bit better and a bit easier for you. But if you don't know your addictions and your triggers and you're sort of unconscious of your behaviours, and they just happen without you being able to almost in another version of yourself, observe yourself. So I think self-observation, i.e., ooh, Rob, 
Look what you did there. Oh, Rob, oh, that triggered you. Where did that come from? Oh, that's interesting, Rob. Okay, the other version of myself can sound like a patronizing bastard. But self-observation, being able to take yourself away from yourself and observe how things affect you, and then to be able to control your reaction and actually have a conscious um, control of your reaction rather than an unconscious lash out. For me, that's such a powerful journey to go on. And more and more we're getting triggered now because of social media and devices and addictions and way more criticism and way more conflict. Um, and not necessarily global conflict, but, you know, online conflict. And I feel like everyone's this ball of just ready to be triggered and you know, so offended by everything um, and so upset and hurt. I mean, you know, the previous generations would be like, what are you talking about? And, and, and by the way, I'm not belittling that in any way. I just think things have changed. So I think we have to be careful uh, and, and, and manage what we let infiltrate us and affect us and bother us in this most challenging time. Like I said, the critics, the trolls, the haters, the punks, they're out in force. So I've been blocking and unfollowing and blocking and unfollowing um, because I've got to maintain my energy, my enthusiasm, my passion, my drive, my persistence, my hunger, my relentlessness, my joy, my gratitude, my um, belief in humanity that we're not all just you know, having a go at each other when we should be supporting each other and be more connected. Uh, but you're, you've got to take control of that and manage that yourself and be aware of that. Um, and sometimes you need to know, go way back to find out where that came from. Um, uh, but awareness of that, for me, is, I, I think self-awareness and then, and then management of your own emotions, that leads to self-mastery. And self-mastery leads to business mastery. Um, uh, you know, financial mastery, because let's be honest, our addictions, they control how we spend, they control how we, we think, um, they control what, what we focus on, they control how we act with people. Um, yeah, our values, our voids control all those things, so a greater, deeper awareness of those, which I'm getting from therapy. It's, it's really weird because I've done so much personal development, I didn't, I knew there's always more to learn, don't get me wrong, but, but like, I thought, well, you know, what's a local therapist going to be able to sort of teach me on, on a deeper level than I haven't already been. But we definitely have gone a lot deeper. And, and of course, you know, they have a different model. You know, it's often a, a ch childhood model that, you know, your personality is formed then and a lot of how your behaviors are driven are from childhood and various other models that they use. There you go. Anyway, cool. Hope you have a nice evening. I just thought I'd be more conversational. Um, Thanks for tuning in. If you think that uh, any of these points can help anyone, please share this video. Uh, let's stick together. Let's stay close. Let's support each other in these challenging times. Um, if you get a chance to help someone in business, help them. I mean, look, we need to help people across the globe in all capacities, don't we? But most people follow me who are entrepreneurs or starting or scaling their business. Um, and so in that regard, um, make sure that if you get a chance to buy a product from a, a local person or a small business owner, do it. Um, if you get a chance to share or support their work, do it. Um, I'm not asking for any money, but I want my, would like my work to be shared out there so we can help more and more people. Um, and yeah, because business is going through a disrupted time and we've got to stick together. So thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, uh, you risk everything. Um, James has just said here, I think you're trying to do too much for people and yourself and there's not enough time in the day to do everything. So thank you, James. That's very kind of you to say. Sometimes I do do a lot for people and sometimes my self-care does drop. So I think that in some ways that's fair. 
Um, I think right now I want to double down on what I'm trying to do for myself and others and my clients and my followers and my community. And I think it's important. Um, and I'm okay with it for now, but I hear you. And I must get back to the gym. And I must have a little bit more rest. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I do get obsessive. So I hear you and thank you for caring enough to say that. All right, thanks for tuning in everyone. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything, please share this if you think there's content in it that could help other people too.